Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Well, there's so much to discuss today, I almost don't know where to start. We're in the middle of a black swan event. We have a serious global health risk. The scope and the magnitude of the impact is yet to be understood. And unfortunately, we've seen bureaucrats with zero understanding of scientific information making decisions that have put entire countries at risk. For example, the U.S. State Department overruled other government departments and put 11 infected passengers from the Diamond Princess on the same aircraft as other passengers who had tested negative for the virus. The coronavirus outbreak, also known as COVID-19, is what I would call a black swan event. The idea of a black swan was coined by Nisim Taleb. He wrote a book on it by that name. It's a metaphor used to describe an event that happens so rarely in nature we almost think it doesn't exist at all. The psychological biases blind people, both individually and collectively, to the event's massive role in history. We typically can only see a black swan event in hindsight. The collapse of the financial markets in 2008 was a black swan event. A hurricane hitting a major populated area can also be a black swan event. And the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001 was also a black swan event. What will be the economic cascade of this current situation? We tend to discuss counterparty risk as a financial issue between holders of assets and liabilities. For example, if I have a loan on my books, that's considered to be an asset, and that same loan on your books might be considered to be a liability. As long as everything is working fine and there's no defaults in the system, assets and liabilities balance perfectly and there's no domino effect. But there's another form of counterparty risk that we rarely talk about, and that's in the global supply chain. We don't understand the complex web of linkages that make up the global supply chain. Economic activity can be disrupted by a drop in demand or by a drop in supply. We have nearly three quarters of a billion people in China on virtual lockdown, and this is clearly going to impact both the demand and the supply side of the equation. When Japan experienced the nuclear power plant failure in Fukushima, there was a single factory that supplied a critical component for batteries used all over the world. And that single factory's inability to supply for a period of time meant global disruption in the cell phone market. That was just from a single factory. Right now, we have a situation where 50% of the container ship traffic from China has been halted. Even if the products are on the pier ready to depart from North America or Europe, there's no way to get the products to market. Understand, each one of these container ships are capable of carrying more than 20,000 containers. That's right, 20,000 20-foot containers. That's the equivalent of 10,000 trucks on the highway for each ship. And there's over 96 ships of this size plying the ocean waters right now, and a large number of them are stuck in port. We're going to experience supply chain disruptions on a scale we've not seen since the Great Depression. If companies can't deliver their products, they can't collect revenue, doesn't matter if there's demand. They simply can't deliver because they can't get the product to market. All it takes is a critical component to be missing in the manufacturing process. Some companies will be able to survive a number of weeks, or perhaps even a few months with their current inventory. But in the world of just-in-time manufacturing, the most efficient companies focus on minimizing that inventory. Ironically, it's the most efficient companies in the world that will experience the most acute pain in their supply chain. Finding alternate sources of supply for a product is never quick or easy. Component substitutions and supplier substitutions take months or longer to implement. We've seen a number of companies that have massive corporate debt. 
much of it in the way of bonds. A large number of companies will have a hard time withstanding a precipitous drop in business lasting more than a few weeks. The debt obligations of those companies assumes that growth was going to continue. I'm predicting a wave of corporate debt defaults over the next 90 days as a direct result of the supply chain disruptions. And those defaults will have a cascade effect on financial markets. The counterparty risk in the supply chain is going to translate into a domino effect in the financial markets. Now, governments could step in with emergency funding to protect businesses affected by the coronavirus outbreak. But the question is, will they? And if they do, will they do it fast enough and under what terms? The last time there was a coronavirus outbreak in 2003 with SARS, China represented about 5% of global trade. And today, China represents 33% of global trade. And today, 7% of the U.S. trade is dependent on China. Back in 2003, Chinese tourists made up about 11 million trips worldwide. And in 2018, that number had increased to 150 million trips. We've already seen factory closures and rotating layoffs at Korean automakers. Vietnam's economy is heavily dependent on materials coming from China. Fully 50% of the manufacturers in Vietnam are already experiencing material shortages. Those same businesses that ship finished products to Europe and North America will be unable to do so. Our global economy is experiencing an unprecedented shock to the system. As you think about that, take the precautionary measures that would be prudent in a time of hardship, because in my opinion, that time is not very far away. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.